just reading it made me like just swoon and want to move to England because some of the other yes. things were like, well, you'd wear your dress tweeds with the jacket. And I'm like, oh, uh, oh. or cal- oh, it was like cavalry <laughs> tweeds. And I'm like, who owns cavalry tweeds, please? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 35. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we are talking about lifelong learning. It can be tempting to think that our knowledge is complete once we graduate from a formal education. But as Albert Einstein once said, quote, wisdom is not a product of schooling, but the lifelong attempt to acquire it, end quote. We couldn't agree more. And not only do we believe in the value of curiosity, but also the ability of every woman to satisfy it. But first, we hope that you are enjoying our podcast as much as we enjoy recording it. The best way that you can show your support for the Modern Lady podcast is by subscribing and leaving us a comment, rating, or review on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Michelle and I truly love and appreciate every single comment that you leave for us. This week's shout out goes to Francis Doyle, who I suspect this is my friend Janine, his wife, who claims that listening to the podcast is the best way to fold laundry and commented, quote, love listening to these calming and inspiring ladies walk me through how to be a grown up lady, end quote. Unless that was the husband. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it was you, Francis. Yeah, Yeah. right. Well, thank you so much for your comment, Janine, and for your review. And we are more than happy to accompany all of our fellow ladies in their laundry endeavors. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com. Or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our modern lady tip of the week. Today's etiquette tip looks at the most confusing of dress codes, which is called the smart casual look. For men, the formal smart casual look includes a jacket or blazer worn with trousers or khakis. A collared shirt is worn, and while a tie is not necessary, it is always a good tip to have one just in case. Smart shoes that may or not may not be laced up are also worn with this look. For women, formal smart casual involves wearing something called a day dress, which is basically having your shoulders covered. The dress would be knee length, but not longer than mid calf. And it's a pretty color, usually not stark white or black, and would have a delicate pattern, nothing too bold. A woman could also wear a cardigan with tailored trousers or a skirt. High heels and suits should actually be avoided as they look like business wear. When it comes to informal smart casual, both men and women alike should be sure to change out of whatever they've been wearing all day. Jeans that are dark and well fitted are actually acceptable with informal smart casual with a nice top. And it's perfectly acceptable to ask a few other friends what they plan on wearing. And now also the term come as you are rarely means that. So be prepared to make adjustments like switching your heels to flats, removing dressy jewelry, removing a jacket, jacket and replacing it with a blazer. 
And I actually love the idea of being open to adjusting your outfit. It, it seems to give one a little bit of wiggle room, despite how many rules there appears to be with dress code. Wow, this is so timely. Just today, I sent my sister a link on dress codes. So, really? <laughs> yeah, because we're my brother's getting married this weekend, mm-hmm. and we have a few events coming up this week. And she was asking about the rehearsal dinner oh. later this week. She's like, "What should I wear?" And I was like, "Um, I don't know." So I was looking up dress codes and dress codes for rehearsal dinners, and I saw Spark Casual on there, but oh. that's not actually one that I I have learned about before. So thank you. You're welcome. I'll have to pass that on. <laughs> and I knew all of the other dress codes, but I just heard Smart Casual a couple weeks ago on something, and I thought that's one I don't actually know. And Mm -hmm. it is, it's truly the most confusing of all of the dress codes. And when it came to the idea of a day dress, I actually had to Google that term further. And it actually came up as part of wedding etiquette. So in British weddings, it was a British website. That's what, because they get married more early in the morning, right? And do like a bridal Mm -hmm. luncheon. And so Mm -hmm. most of the women don't kind of wear evening wear like we wear to um, weddings, they wear a day dress. So that description came from kind of like a wedding etiquette site. The term lifelong learners has a soft, gentle ring to it. But here at the Modern Lady Podcast, we take our ongoing education very seriously, right, Lindsay? We sure do. You know what? I love learning. I am obsessed with Mm -hmm. learning. And I said to Jason that if anything ever happened to me, the one thing I'd want my children to know almost above and beyond everything else is that their mother was always trying to learn more. You know what? I dropped out of university in year three. Um, They fast tracked me through high school. So I basically skipped grade 11 and 12. And while academically I could handle it, you know what? Socially, Mm. mm, you don't send somebody to university two years younger than everybody else and expect them to handle it well socially. So uh, things didn't go too well by third year. Um, But I always have loved learning. And I just think that in this day and age with, you know, the things you and I are going to talk about with like YouTube and podcasts and the internet, which was not around Mm. at that time. um, You know what we, it doesn't mean that we have to stop learning just because we are not in a post-secondary institution. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I remember um, when I was going through high school and trying to decide where to go after high school for post-secondary education, um, the pressure was to go to university. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I did apply to a few of them and I I got in. But my mom was actually the one who really encouraged me to look into more of a trade, right? Um, And to consider college very seriously. And I did. And I ended up going for broadcasting. And I get such a kick out of um, thinking back to how being open to all the different options that were available to me and not being so centered on one option has led to today, like what you and I are doing right now. Right. This may not have ever happened, right? And so, yeah, yeah, being open and being curious and feeding that curiosity uh, using a, a myriad of different resources, that is a very exciting way to live. You just reminded me of a point that I was, that just, popped into my head. And it's that a few of my friends at that time went to college. And just like your experience, 
we were pushed into university and those people that I knew that went to college, we did look down on. We were like, oh, well, you're just mm-hmm. choosing a trade school or a college, a college. And I've had this conversation so many times with friends right up until a couple of days ago with the contractor and designer who were working on our house. They were mm-hmm. laughed at for doing that. And like, honestly, who's laughing now? Because they both have full-time <laughs> jobs and their side hustle is being mm-hmm. a contractor and a designer running their own business. And I was yeah. like, I sold candles for years after studying literature at, at a at a candle store and um so what I what I want to say is that the people um, who had a career in mind and went for post-secondary education where they actually learned a skill and, and had a career what I think is so cool with education now is that you can do that and then all of the things that you love about history or literature or mm. archaeology or all of these other things, you can still continue to learn and still pour yes. all of this time into because we have all of these resources at our fingertips. But if it's not going to translate into a career, that's okay. You can still keep learning it. And then you can still go to school, to a college or a university if there's a program that will actually translate into a job that will allow you to pay your bills. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like getting out the comparison out of our minds that our education and our learning and our love for learning has to become our career. Right. It can be like two separate things. You're going to school to almost like um, learn a craft that will eventually yeah. earn you your keep and your living. Um, and yeah. But learning is can be considered as something totally different. And you can just continue learning for the sheer love of it. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the thing that uh, keeps you financially stable. Yeah, they can be. And we were, I I really felt like for years, we thought those had to go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And they don't. And this is the beauty of it right now. And I think that the thing, one of the things you and I bonded over is our love of learning. Like we are constantly sharing articles with each other or like being like, did you read this? Did you watch this? Did you learn? Like, Mm -hmm. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't watch or listen to something that teaches me something, but we have some things here that you and I do all the time that have helped us continue to learn, even though we are kind of quote stuck at home sometimes. Right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And we were going to start with our favorite, Mm -hmm. um, start with the best, (laughs) which is reading. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We're both avid readers. Mm -hmm. So I have to read every night. Like it is a compulsion. And um, if I don't read at night, something's seriously wrong with me. Like I should probably go to the doctor the next day. Like if I'm actually that sick, I've been reading through blurred eyes. I've read after too many glasses of wine. I read at 4 a.m. after a bachelorette party back oh. in the hotel room. <laughs> I still had to do five to 10 minutes. Like it's just so part of my routine. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to sell everybody on the idea of the Kindle. Now, as somebody who studied literature and then my dream was to work in publishing, uh, obviously I love real books. Like, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. a big fan of real books, but gosh, maybe five years ago now we were signing up for new cell phones and our cell phone provider at that time was giving out free Kindles with, with your cell phones. Mm. We actually got two free Kindle paper whites and I didn't even realize at the time how much money they cost in real life. And so I'm kind of shocked we got them for free. And I was a little hesitant at first, but at the same time I had our fourth baby and fell madly in love with the idea that I could read with one hand in a pitch black room because it's a yellow light, right? It's not that blue light of your cell phone. And Mm -hmm. like the screen feels like paper. Um, so I always co-slept and breastfed for 
many, many, many years. And, um, this way I could actually like lay on my side and breastfeed all night and still read a book. And I was able to like plow through a novel a week with a newborn, which is unheard of. And they're so much easier to hold from a prone position. Right? Yes. Yes, they are. Yep. Yeah. And then Your I go to read a real time. book now and I go to highlight <laughs> section and I'm like, oh, wait, or I try to like make the font because now I read like I'm an old lady with giant font and I'm like, oh, wait, this is so old fashioned. <laughs> I love large print books too. Do you? It's like you're... <laughs> I do. Do you get like, like the large print at the library like that I section? I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Well, actually, and what started me on that is that at the library branch we visit most frequently, the mm. the kids section is right beside the large print adult fiction <laughs> section. And so if I have if I'm supervising my kids, that's yeah. where I'm picking my fiction books. <laughs> that's awesome. And you go to the library a lot, right? Like that's where you get most of your books. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? The the myth that libraries are obsolete mm. is totally false. Libraries are amazing. And um, especially ours in our region, some of the things that they have there that's available for public use for free, right? right. Not to mention all the books, right? Which saves me a ton of money because right. <laughs> otherwise I would have to buy them all. Um, the use of technology, like they have 3D printers there right. that you can just use, like just go in and try a 3D printer. How neat is that? At the, our main branch downtown, they have recording studios. They At every branch, they have tablets that you can check out, uh, iPads. Like, um, Yeah, my mom um, takes up to the cottage every weekend because they don't have Wi-Fi. She checks out the like portable hotspot so you can bring like the internet yes. with you. Yeah, you can check out the internet yeah. at the library. Like, that's <laughs> amazing to even say in words. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they host author events, which you and I have been yes, to, right? We, we went to go see Kate Morton in the mm-hmm. fall. Um, so that's my plug for libraries. I love that. Um, one more thing I want to say about reading and that many of you know, because I mentioned in lots of episodes that I've been working my way through like the top 100 classics of all time. Mm-hmm. And this has been quite the harrowing journey. Um, and I've learned about myself and about this process over the last year and a half that reading for me isn't always about pleasure. It is sometimes plowing through those mm. books and not just to be like, well, when I read Proust or Faulkner, like <laughs> it, it is partially to do that. So I can. I was of, just going to say. <laughs> A little but bit. But you want that. I yeah. do want that. Yeah, I do like the idea of being like at a cocktail partying and being able to discuss all of the books. But it's um, it's this challenge that I love so that I can push through. That's why I picked Moby Dick back up and I finished oh, it. Man. And that didn't even end up being the hardest book I've read now. But um, so it's not always for pleasure. And you know what? That made me think, too. That's a good point about how... Um, you know, fiction can be informative mm-hmm. sometimes too, right? Like a lot of those classics, these are not nonfiction books necessarily. Um, but you learn so much mm-hmm. from about these whaling. stories. I've learned a lot about, about whaling. whaling. Yeah. <laughs> now when you go whaling, yes. you'll know exactly what to do. <laughs> One of the other benefits with the Kindle is that there is, and I have a very vast vocabulary, but there's a lot of words I don't know. And so you just hold mm. your finger down, right? And it's an immediate dictionary. And then the Kindle actually stores all of the words that you've looked up and you can quiz yourself on them later. But I have learned so much, um, especially like archaic language. Um, like, did you know that whelm is its own word? We just always say overwhelmed. <laughs> but you... Oh. 
It's actually Whelm. And so I was looking that up last night and I love that. So I'm reading the book, but I'm also pausing and like broadening my vocabulary at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that when the information is included in a story, it can almost be a more efficient way of learning something because you have that emotional tie to it, right? And it, it makes it stick with you more. So like even... I've been going through a real World War II fiction, mm-hmm. um, like, period, and not intentionally either. But from reading Dear Mrs. Bird that I recommended last week, yeah. um, reading The Nightingale, All the Light We Cannot oh, See, yes. like, all these things, I'm learning so much about World War II, the women who lived during World War II in different parts of the world. And I it sticks with me because I hear their stories and... You learn like a human history yeah, uh, to go along with all the facts that maybe you learn in school. And so this leads us perfectly actually into the next section, which is YouTube, because those human histories. Mm. And when you fall in love with one of those things that you're reading in a book, the next thing I do naturally is I look up that thing on YouTube because I guarantee you, you will find a documentary on whatever it is that you're interested in from the book. Somebody has produced a documentary on one of those topics, and it's usually the BBC because they seem to produce 2,000 documentaries a year. (laughs) So I want to say right from the beginning that if I can pay for these, I pay for them. Like I... You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be pirating all these things, but some of it's just not available to order. So I will happily pay for things on iTunes. I have bought British DVD sets for a lot of money on Amazon and had them shipped over. So if I can pay for it, I do. But if you can't, you can't. And if it's on YouTube, watch it. So um, I will tend to like have a topic, like you're saying, like um, in all the light we cannot see. I've looked up like St. Malo, right? The walled city of Mm -hmm. St. Malo. And you can just like Google Mm -hmm. that or like look it up in YouTube. And sure enough, you'll probably find a 20 or 30 minute a beautifully filmed documentary showing you what you just read about. And so it's a great next step from reading is to look up documentaries about that topic. Right. And honestly, you recommending Lucy Worsley (gasps) to me was really what got me on the kick of looking up documentaries on YouTube. Yeah, she's outstanding. And um, there's like, oh, there's lists. I can't even go into the list. But if you just go into YouTube and type BBC World War II, BBC the history of the bathroom, BBC killers and Edwardian times. Like you will find an outstandingly produced documentary for pretty much anything that you're into. And so YouTube has been, I don't watch cable. We don't have cable. I barely even watch Netflix, but I have YouTube on a lot during the day. And that's why I love ironing. I tell people this all the Mm. time. I iron Mm -hmm. for about an hour to an hour and a half every week, but um, that's my documentary time with my lap laptop open in front of the ironing board and I'm getting to watch something. That's right. It's so exciting. And even to learn like a new skill mm-hmm. for reference and a refresher, because sometimes you need to see it, yes. right? If it's oh, a tangible yes. skill. I have learned almost everything I've learned about hosting a podcast. I learned from tu- YouTube tutorials. Oh, that's awesome. Like I've just Googled, you know, how do you get your finished show onto the internet? You hit enter on Google and you come up with all the video references on YouTube and you just pick one and you start watching. And these people are so kind. You know, someone has taken the time to put it up there, which is so great. Or even something as, um, as simple as, you know, I grew up crafting. My mom taught me how to crochet and knit and cross stitch, but there are long periods of time that I don't pick up my projects. And so by the time I pick them up again, I think, how do I do that stitch again? I can't remember what that stitch is. 
and you just have to go onto YouTube and there's someone on there willing to show you any time of day. And so, yeah, YouTube is like a priceless treasure. Even for home repairs and everything, like I was I was just mm. removing all of our flooring, right? And some mm-hmm. of the boards were really stick. What did I turn to first? YouTube. Um, even our contractor, because we bought a skill saw. We've never owned a skill saw. He's like, just look it up on YouTube. Like, so even the professionals, yeah. <laughs> the experts tell us to just learn it from YouTube. Again, I it's, it's just, let's use it. It's there. It's a tool for us. Yeah, you might go down a rabbit hole and seven hours later, you're watching music videos from 1982. <laughs> Um, but, <laughs> but go down the rabbit hole. Enjoy you're, the YouTube. You're learning about the 80s. Yes. Yeah. It's education. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing that you and I both love, well, podcasts. Oh, man. Oh, it's such a wealth. Yeah. And it's relatively new. Like, it's newer than YouTube, so yeah. it's not quite as common. But, oh, it's ramping up. Yeah. Like, there seems to be new podcasts all the time. And the scope of topics that people can find to do podcasts on it is so cool. I love stumbling upon one and I think that's so interesting. Yes. And I'll, yeah, yeah, I just love the creativity that podcasts allow too. Yeah. If you just look up, again, type in the search bar, like one thing, you'll find somebody who is an expert in that area or they're passionate about it. And even if it's something you're not into, other people's passion is contagious. And so yes. um, I'll be washing dishes and like learning about flea circuses. I've seriously listened to 45 minutes about <laughs> flea circuses um, or Jewish funeral customs. Or I was just listening about the British Navy in the early 1800s while I was gardening last week. Wow. And so all of the ones I listen to tend to be educational. Um, but mm-hmm. I lo- like I'll be cleaning and Jason's like, what are you listening to? And I pop the headphones out and I'm like, um, the cat that predicts people's death. Um, this is also true. Um, <laughs> at a hospice, there's this cat that's predicted 10 or 2000 deaths. <laughs> And I'm like, so I'm learning about that right now. And then I go Google it. But you have said before, Michelle, and it's such a good point that we have all of these things that are at our fingertips, right? Our phones in our hand. And so we, we should use it as a tool to help us and not just mindless entertainment all the time. Yeah. Like technology doesn't have to be public enemy number one. Right. Right. Right? Um, it, It can be so good. It's such a good thing um, as long as we're willing to use it well, you know, and I love um, even if it's not necessarily an informative podcast, the interesting perspectives that come out of uh, people's imaginations. I find it a little bit more imaginative Mm -hmm. than maybe a YouTube video or a YouTube tutorial, right? Like I've been like you, Phil often walks in and he starts talking to me and I'll like clue in halfway through. I'm like, oh, sorry, what? Yeah. And he's like, oh, sorry, you're listening to a show. And I'm then like, we're like, we're also listening for the kids. Hi, everybody's fine. Because I'm always like, sorry. trust me, I can I hear just... the kids still. <laughs> I've been listening. I've listened to podcasts, the origin stories of Disney movies, yeah. um, which are fascinating. Um, fiction predictions is a new one I just found, which I just it, it's pretty conspiracy theory Ooh, oriented, yeah. but I kind of I kind of like it. It takes books that have been written and how they seem to have predicted what's happening today. That's like The Simpsons. Right. The Simpsons has predicted so the, many things. They, I I said books, but they do actually have an episode on The Simpsons. Yes. So, yes. but like, who who thinks of these things? I love That's it. so amazing that everyone has access to produce these things. And I was thinking that sometimes you know what what may be the reason why people like podcasts is because sometimes it's helpful to hear information given conversationally. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and so if we learn best from one another, but maybe we can't join an in-person group or class or workshop, podcasts might be the next best thing because you're just listening to people speak conversationally, not quite so formally. Absolutely. And I think that Mm -hmm. it still blows my mind and I know it blows your mind too, that we are that voice in people's ears when they like, like in the, you know, comment that you just read that we're the voice in somebody's ears when they're folding laundry. It's like, inception podcasts (laughs) right now yeah (laughs) podcast within a podcast yeah (laughs) but one of the things that i think we can take from this is that you and i both know many people who have learned those skills from youtube like how to knit or anything or whether it's like learning a fitness skill or any of those things and they've actually translated it into like their side hustle so there are people who have like i know who have gone to paint nights one once or twice with their friends started to love painting have done painting classes or tutorials online and are now selling their paintings like within six months Mm. of just learning and so these are women who are at home busy with their kids but are like learning these skills that are not only very valuable um not just to make money for your family, but to save money for your family as well, that you're not paying other people to like hem your curtains or anything. Like it's all right there at our fingertips to help us save money or to make a little bit of extra money as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like learning in person, a skill in person, and then using it for your real life too, just gives it a, a real textile, sensory, tangible element to learning that can give it a purpose Mm -hmm. and the purpose can motivate you, right? Like even um, if you're remotely interested in a topic, it can really help motivate you to actually take the next step and learn that skill. If you kind of allow yourself to imagine and think down the road, what could I do with this afterwards? What could I do with this later? And it may not It may not ever transpire that way, Um, but setting an intention can really help progress, help the progression go. And let's be honest, women have always been really good at this. Women are naturally creative and are really good throughout history. All you have to do is study history a little bit to see how women have taken little skills that they can squeeze into their spare time while at home and make it something that can become profitable for the family. I've always said women didn't just start working in the 60s and 70s like we've been led to believe. Women Mm. have always found ways to help the family budget by doing something creative or something slave work that is so hard where they're literally slaving over laundry right until their hands are raw but making it as money and so I'm just always inspired by women throughout history who have learned a new skill and then haven't just sat there on nothing like translated it into a way that could benefit their community or benefit their own family right I love what you said benefiting their community because actually learning from my friends their skills that they're good at Mm -hmm. has solidified some of my closest friendships like actually this is this is awesome I didn't even realize this as I was writing out my notes but my friend Mm Janine the one who may or may not have left that comment (laughs) unless it was her husband who actually wrote that comment (laughs) at the beginning of the show but I remember when they first moved into our area we met them at our parish and she's a very good sewer And I have always wanted to learn how to sew, but I just can't get into a routine that keeps it up long enough for me to have it stick in my head. Mm. And she invited me over one night uh, fairly early on in our friendship and sat me down at her sewing machine and helped me sew an apron. And that's what we did. And I always remember that. I still have that apron. 
what I took from that experience is that your friends, your family, mm-hmm. especially your mom, your aunts, your your dad, whoever, they are wealth of information on skills that you may not have yet. Yeah. And to sit with them, you're not only learning a skill, but you're growing something much larger than, than just that skill set. Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? I have been so excited to share this. And even as we were saying things in this episode, I'm like, oh, this is all like what I'm about to share. So, I found this show on YouTube that was filmed in England in 2000, and it's called The 1940s House. And it's, there was a previous show that they had done called the 1900s house, which I've only seen bits of, but that was so popular. They decided to do a wartime um, series. So the 1940s house, it's only four episodes, but they cram a lot into those episodes. All of them are on YouTube and it's just a family that's set back in that time. They live in a house that is every detail has been taken care of. And there's also a panel of experts that actually meet in one of Churchill's bunkers and like decide when it's time to like turn up the cranks on the family like crank it up and like make life harder and harder as the war goes on and um it blew my mind and there was an episode where they send the husband away and so it is the the woman this grown mother or sorry like a woman and her grown daughter we have to kind of run the mm-hmm. show. And I just sat there in awe and thinking, I have no right to whine about my homemaking, like looking at how hard it was for them in the 1940s during wartime. And I was just blown away again about the ingenuity and the hardworking skills of women. Women are fantastic. And just, mm-hmm. I felt so empowered watching it. And I just was like wanting to like champion and cheer on women who are working in every kind of situation to make their house a home and even the most scariest times like the you know blitz the london blitz and their houses being bombed and they go yes. right back in and clean it back up and how does they try to cook meals for their families on nothing on the most meager of rations so massive um shout out to that show it is incredible the 1940s house on youtube that sounds amazing Oh my goodness. Now I need to throw all my clothes in the laundry (laughs) so that I have five days worth of laundry to do. Yeah. And I will binge watch that show Mm -hmm. for sure. What what have you been loving? Okay. So I have a great movie that I need to recommend to you, Lindsay, Mm. in particular, and you'll find out why in a second, but also to everybody. It is a movie called The Court Jester. Mm. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay. It's it's an oldie, but a goodie from 1955. (gasps) Yes, it is a must-watch, a classic, and a comedy. So we watched it growing up and loved it. Like, we always reference it. It's a very quotable movie. It follows a Robin Hood-esque group who's trying to put the true king, who is only an infant, back on the throne after it's been usurped by an imposter. Yeah, and they need a man on the inside. And out of necessity, they have to send in their somewhat bumbling entertainer. Um, and so, yeah, this is comedy at its best. It stars Danny Kaye, oh, who is yes. the other guy in White Christmas. <laughs> yes. So you have like Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye is the other guy. Um, Glynis Johns, mm-hmm. who is the mother from Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. And and this is why you need to watch it, Lindsay. A very young Angela Lansbury. <gasps> what? Stop. <laughs> Shocked. Yes. I just reminded. <laughs> I was just reminded of that. I was like, oh my gosh, Lindsay needs to watch this movie. Yeah, The Court Jester, you must watch it. Absolutely, I will. 
Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. And if you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at lindsayhelmaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Thank you.